Do I have your attention? Let's pray. Great God, our loving, kind, merciful, all-powerful, almighty, no one above you, no one beside you, we worship you this morning. Father, we are gathered here in the name of Jesus, your only begotten, you in the flesh. Father, we are gathered here in that name. Father, not just to play. Father, we want to hear from you this morning. We want to be in your presence this morning. We want to, we want to hear from you, Lord, that we may be changed, that we may have something that we don't, didn't come in with. We want to leave with something that we did not come in with, just having been in your presence, Lord. And I'm not talking about a, a gift. I'm not talking about material. I'm talking about spiritual, supernatural, Lord. Hallelujah. So, Lord, look at your servant dressed in, in these clothes. Father, if, if this can have any effect on anybody who is seeing, anybody who is hearing, Father, I pray, use me right now in Jesus' name. God, give us grace. Grace to hear, grace to see, grace to receive. Father, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So do I have your attention? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to um, be reading here from... Luke chapter 10, and this is something that you all are very, very familiar with, and it will start to make sense to you. My attire will make more sense to you. Beginning in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I want to pause there. I'm going to kind of break this down just a little bit as we go through. So a certain lawyer, someone who was an expert, someone who was very learned in their religion, in Judaism, in the way that they lived their lives as, that, as a people, as the people of God. So someone who was very learned, someone who was an expert, someone who was probably a, a ruler. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? He says, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? What is written in the law? How do you understand it? What does it say to you? Or are, you, are you following so far? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Hallelujah. But he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Now, Many of us have been in the scripture time and time again. Many of us have studied together in this church from this pulpit. You know, neighbor. Neighbor can, is defined specifically as it comes out of the um, Greek, which is translated from. It could mean someone who is in close proximity, like your neighbor, who you live near, who you live around, community. But, it, but neighbor also means a fellow in something, a fellow Christian, a fellow, a, how about a fellow human being? When I lived in South Carolina, I had a group of neighbors. And when I moved here, Michelle and I moved to a specific neighborhood. Those people that I moved into that neighborhood, they, oh, they, they lived there a long time. They were already there. 
when I moved to that neighborhood, I got to know them. You know, they were my neighbors, but they were no less my neighbors when I lived in South Carolina. See, I became aware of them. I had relationship with them, but they were no less my neighbors. Let, let, me, let me say it to you this way. Uh, while I'm living in South Carolina, let's just say by chance, one of those people who I lived in that neighborhood with when I, when I moved to Florida, maybe um, they happened to come to the place of business where I was. And, and you know, we just kind of, hey, how are you doing? I, you know, we just did the normal greeting. Or they played the golf course that I built. And so and I just through the course of the day, I bump into them. Or how about this? They ended up visiting the church that I went to, which wasn't uncommon because many people who came from mom and dad pretty much, whenever they came to visit Michelle and I, they came to the church. My parents, whenever they came to visit, when we went to church on Sunday, they came to our church with us. So, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon for me to go ahead and bump into somebody who doesn't even, I never even met before, but now I'm going to the same church with them or I find myself in the same mall with them or are are you with me? They're no less my neighbor by where they habitate as to, because uh, we all ha- inhabit the planet Earth. So th- they're my neighbor. They, it doesn't qualify them or disqualify them where they live. Are you with me? Is making sense to you so far? So, yes, it could mean some, somebody close by, but just my fellow man. That, that's how it's defined. That's what the word that it's translated from the Greek you all look a little bored already. You all sitting there so solemn. Did we have a late night last night? But notice the question that Jesus asks. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? He went down from Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped... I'm, I'm going to go further down. I've got to go further down, so please forgive me. I've left a little part out, so please forgive me. I got going a little bit quicker than I wanted to. Then Jesus answered said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem and he, uh, to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now a chance, by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other, said... by the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came here, and when he passed and saw him, he said he had compassion on him. So when he went to him, he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, uh, brought him to an inn, took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out the two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, take care of him, and what more you spend whatever more it takes, whatever the cost is, when I come back, I'm going to repay you. Which of these to him do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said to him, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So he's defining it. Jesus is defining it for him. And he's defining it but through, this, through this story, through this parable. And it's really critical that he says it in this way because as many of you already know, I mean, this is not... You're familiar with this story. Uh, but, but he goes down, and the first, the first one that goes to him, he's, he's talking in, in terms that this person, this lawyer can understand. Because Jericho was filled with priests. Jericho was uh, approximately 18 miles from Jerusalem. And so there, there was a lot of going back and forth. I read one account that there were thousands of priests um, in Jericho. And they had to go to, obviously, Jerusalem. But the road to Jericho was known to be something that was very dangerous. 
thieves. It was very, a very dangerous pass when they went back. And so a priest came down and passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, who also served in the temple, who also had a role as it relates to their religion, their service to God. I can't get involved. I'll be dirty. I'll be dirty. So now certainly, it, the, the word or the, the reason why Jesus used that, that person that came by and said it was a Samaritan now. Now that the Samaritan comes down, there's a reason for that. Why? Because most of us already know in here, that was a different race, a different ethnicity. And even to a degree, they were tied together just a little bit by religion. And I'm going to tell you how here in a second. Now, look, you could look it up. You could Google it, look it up in Wikipedia, but you don't even have to do that. Because I'm going to tell you, the Bible itself tells us who the Samaritans were. In 2 Kings 17, beginning in verse 24, Then the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Amath, and from Shephavrim. And, and these are people from other countries, people from all of... See, now, the, when the Israelis, when he uh, took them out, when they departed, when they evacuated, when they were gone, he filled that country. There was nothing left. He filled that area with these people from other countries that were not Jews, but just people from other countries. And when they came there, they brought whatever culture, whatever religion, whatever they, they had. They were idol worshippers. And they brought whatever that they had, they, they brought that with them. And they were there now in Israel, Samaria of Israel. They're there. But they're foreigners as it relates to Jews and Judaism and the Israelis. So now what happens is when they occupy this land, because they have no fear of God, they're worshipping idols, lions start attacking them and starts to kill some of them. So now the king hears about this and he says, well, you know, obviously this is because you know, there's, they're, they're not worshipping the God of the land, so let's go ahead and, and bring a priest, send a priest there so that he could teach them how to um, serve that God or, or he could teach them their customs, their, their ways. And so that's what happened. So now what happens is you have, but they still did it. They still went ahead and they still worshipped their idols, but now they were mixing. See, now, now they're mixing it a little bit. But they still did a little bit of everything. So now as history c- continues to, to go on, and so now all of a sudden you have this, this, this severe hatred for each other going on between those who are the Israelis, the Jews, and the Samaritans. The Jews look upon them as just low life, second class, don't need to be there. And the Samaritans, they believe that you know, what they're taught by their fathers as it relates to Judaism is right. Uh, the Jews worship on the wrong mountain. It's supposed to be this mountain. So they believe that what the Jews are worshiping or what the Jews, the, the doctrine that the Jews are following, that's wrong. It's, it's contaminated. It's polluted. What they were taught in their land, their customs, what, that's the truth. Does it sound familiar at all? Does it, does it sound like maybe you know, man has not changed and things continue to be as they always were? So when Jesus says that it was this Samaritan that poured in the oil and the wine, now listen, it doesn't mean that, you know, that was medicinal. Back then, that was the medicine. The oil and the wine was to soothe and to to help the healing process. And so that Samaritan looked upon this Jew 
that Samaritan looked upon this person who the Levite and the priest passed by. Why? He was obviously dirty. First of all, he's laying out on the road, probably looked worse than I did. They say they, they beat him up. They took everything that he had and stripped him naked. And so now you have the Levite and you have the priest who walk by him. One, gets, make sure they gets to the other side of the road. Why? Because, see, part of that could be because if they came near something like that, they would be deemed as dirty religiously. See, there are too many people that are in churches. There are too many people that will profess Christ, but they don't want to get dirty. So, it's easy for us, and, and, and I'm going to say it, some of people in the pulpit, like I'm standing here right now, have made it easy for us to go ahead and send in the money, and you've done your duty. No! God does not need your money. God does not need your money. We, yeah, we, but Tony, you, 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 I don't preach on it much, but you know that I believe, you believe, most of us who know the Scriptures believe that you tithe. You bring tithes and offerings. It does take money to keep the church operating. It does take money to do certain things. Michelle announced to you a little bit earlier about Restore Hope. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and we're going to participate. We're going to give you and us an opportunity to come together and come together with them to help people. And sometimes, yeah, it, it takes money. There's no question about it. But my brothers and sisters, we can't just say be and settle for that. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to write the check. I'm going to do this and that's it. We've made it too easy. See, when I, when I decided to, to, to put on this attire, I, you know, I just want to get the young people. I want to get your attention. I want, you to, I want you to leave here remembering something. But when I talked about this with Michelle this morning, I said, you know, it's almost, it, it, it might be counterproductive. Because there's this, there's this dichotomy. Because, you know, sometimes people see like this. It's really easy to go ahead and I'm going to throw a few dollars at that. I'm going to see something. I'm going to throw a few dollars at that. But see, my brothers and sisters, here, come here, Eddie. Eddie's dressed a lot better than I am. <laughs> this time. No. <laughs> Eddie's dressed a lot better than I am. He's obviously a lot taller than I am. He's obviously a different color than I am. He's a, but my brothers and sisters, listen, listen. What we're being taught right now is not to be prejudiced against someone that looks like this. In the churches and in Christendom, I said that, that's not, that, welcome to Dade City. That's my vernacular. In Christendom, we've said, okay, when you see somebody like this, if you could throw a few dollars at that, you've done your Christian duty. In the meantime, it's okay to pass this guy by. Are you hearing my heart right now? In, in the meantime, it's okay to turn your back on somebody like this. Oh, after all, look, he's, he's even got the nice clean old... Look at this, man. He's got the nice cross going. This, this, so it's okay. No. He might be hurting. Listen, he's a different color than I am. He's much taller. I don't even like standing next to him. Come here. Okay, this is better. Much better. Easy. You ain't no giant either, Caesar. No, so, so now watch. Listen. So now the, the world is telling me and telling you that this is different. That we should go ahead and pass each other by. Or, how about this? If I want to soothe my conscience, I should go ahead and I should you know, placate anything and everything. That's an insult. That's an insult. No. He's a man. I'm a man. And here's more. We're brothers in Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Go ahead. So look. 
So now you have these, these religious people, the people that know the law. They pass the guy by because they're religious or they can't be bothered. I've got to get to Jerusalem or I've got to get back home or whatever the case may be. In the meantime, that man is dying. So you get somebody who, listen, somebody who is supposed to be indifferent, somebody who is supposed to be hateful, somebody who is supposed to be just antagonistic toward him, and, and he stops. He pours in the oil and the wine. But I like what Jesus says, and I, I started to say this a moment ago before I skipped so much of it. I'm glad you forgave me. And in Luke 10, he says this in 36. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? Which of these three was neighbor to him? It doesn't say whose neighbor was he. Come on. There's, it's different. It does, he didn't ask. See, that there's a specific reason why he asks it this way, I believe. Which was a neighbor to him? Right? Not whose neighbor was he. He's everybody's neighbor. He was everybody's neighbor. Which one treated him like a fellow human being? Come on! Man, you guys can't be stirred up today for nothing. I'm going to spit and spew until somebody says, Hallelujah! Amen! Which one was the one who treated him like a fellow human being? The Samaritan. Go and do likewise. Go and do like, go and, that's it. That's what it looks like. See, the man, the religious man, the lawyer, he can say it. He could say, you know, love God with everything you are, everything you've got, and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, go and do that, and you'll inherit eternal life. Okay, so now, who's my neighbor? I just showed you one of them. Now again, remember that silly little example that I gave you a little while ago. When I moved here, I may have bumped into... They were my neighbor before I even moved here. Come on. They were my neighbors before I even moved here. Hallelujah. See, we cannot continue to let the media, let whoever, politicians, uh, these special interest groups, we cannot continue to let them decide and define for us what we should do, who we should do it for, and how we should do it. God has already told us. God has already told us very plainly, very succinctly. Is this the first time any... See, so many times I struggle with these messages because I feel like, okay, I'm speaking to a lot of people who have been in Christ for a while. A lot of people who have read this Word just as much as I have. But man... Lord, this is very simple. I mean, it's very simple. It's, it's not, I'm not giving such divine revelation here and, and maybe they're going to get bored with it. Maybe, maybe it's not going to land. Or maybe, my brothers and sisters, you know what? This is just the kind of message that we need to hear. This is just the kind of thing that if we had been really going after this, maybe we wouldn't be in the shape that we're in right now. Maybe it wouldn't be as easy for folks to divide the church. Maybe there wouldn't be black churches, white churches, Indian churches, Hispanic churches. Maybe that wouldn't be right now. But see, we haven't done that like we should, I believe. We got all, you know, all hyped up on you know, how the promises of God are yes and amen and just have faith and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Faith also speaks to the, how I treat other people. Faith also, listen, it also speaks to how people can expect for me to act. How, it also speaks to how I love. Listen, Faith worketh by love. See, without love, faith not, means nothing. I could say that I have faith. 
But if I don't have love, I, what, what faith? What's my faith in? What's it based upon? Come on now. Somebody needed to hear this. I'm, uh, maybe me. I'm just saying to you, my brothers and sisters, we cannot, in no way, can we go ahead and continue to let the world define how we act toward each other, toward people inside the church, toward people outside the church. We can't let them define it. God has already done that for us. So maybe if we start and really go after it like we haven't done it in a while, we can go ahead and make an impact like God has called us to make the impact. Let me read to you from John. Just quick verses, a couple quick verses here. In John, uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. Now, by this we know that we, that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly, what? The love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also walk just as he walked. Just as who walked? Keep that up there for me, Mary. If you just as who walked? Jesus, of course. That wasn't a, you know, that was, that, that was a hard thing, right? And we know how he walked. How do we know? Tony told me. And that, that walk, that walk that he walked, it was very impactful. It, it wasn't just about, listen, come on now, it wasn't just about the signs, wonders, and miracles. Was it about the Sure it was. It wasn't just the fact that he rose from the dead, but the fact that he rose from the dead went ahead and said everything that he lived, everything that he did, everything that he said before he died was absolute truth. Boy, somebody ought to say amen. What the heck is going on? Did I walk into the wrong building this morning or something? Man. Hallelujah. Now, by this we know that if we know him... Listen, that we know Him if we keep His commandments. If. You see that if? I bolded it, highlighted it because there's, that's conditional. That's conditional. See, you don't hear a lot of ministers saying anymore about keeping commandments. Because that's negative. It has a negative connotation. I can't do what I want? No, you, you can't. Listen. If you're born again, yeah, because your wants start to change. If you're not born again, mm, not so much. Not so much. If we keep His commandments, if we keep His commandments, that's how we know we know Him. He who says, I know Him and does not keep His commandments is a liar. That's pretty strong language. That's harsh. If I say that I know Him and then I'm walking, listen, conversely to what He said and conversely to what He's walked, then I'm a liar. Okay? So, and we know how Jesus feels about this whole thing. But whoever keeps His word, truly the love of God is, is perfected in Him. By this we know that we are in Him. Keep, my, keep His commandments. All right, what are His commandments? There's hundreds of them if you really want to go through this thing. There's hundreds of them. But what did Jesus say? Listen, remember when He said, you know, what's your reading of it? Remember the, the question where we started. The, the, the lawyer says, hey, the lawyer says, what, what, how will I inherit eternal life? He says, well, what does the law say? And What do you think the law is saying? And he summed it up very well because Jesus said, yes, do this and you'll live. He didn't say, do this, believe on me, and maybe we'll see. He didn't say, do this, get baptized in my name. He said, do this and you will live. Well, Tony, that means that you can keep the law. No, the whole point is you can't do it without being born again. That's the problem. We think we can, but then, listen, we find ourselves in the same position as that lawyer. 
If we think that we can do it, that we can satisfy what God has commanded us by just reading that Scripture and being so holy and we're going to go ahead and wear the right clothes and we're going to go ahead and be around the right people and we're not going to get ourselves dirty, not even a little bit. Even, so how many of you know me for a long time? Now, you know me. If you saw me like this, listen, you didn't see me in a while and then all of a sudden you saw me like this. What happened? Did he go off the deep end? Michelle, I know what happened. Michelle finally got tired, walked away, left him, on, left, left him to his own devices. Michelle finally had enough of it. No, you'll know something happened. But would you then, therefore, would you just go ahead and, and, and just leave and walk away? Wouldn't you come to me and say, hey, how are you doing? What's wrong? What happened? Or the first thing somebody might say, where's Michelle? <laughs> right? Are you with me? Not, uh-oh, Tony's probably on drugs. Tony probably did this. I, I may go ahead and stand a little bit and say, hey, uh, Tony. But see, now, if I get involved, maybe he's going to need my help. Uh, maybe he's gonna, there's going to be a story involved in this. And you know, Lord knows I, I don't have the time right now. I've got too many of my own problems. Come on, somebody. I've got too many of my own problems. So let me just say hello and... Maybe I'll see if I can't get a hold of Michelle and find out what in the world happened to that boy. Come on. Come on. See, does this make you think at all? When when, when you saw me like this, what did you think? Don't don't answer. Did you have... (laughs) No, no, no. No, listen to me. And for those of you who are listening online, I'm really... I, I don't know if anybody posted a picture yet, but I don't look like I normally look. I look better. No, No, but seriously, when you saw me like this, those of you who know that I like to use visuals and stuff, you were thinking, okay, probably. Uh, What is he up to now? Thank you. Uh, What is he up to now? Or, man, he's a freak. Why do we even come to this church? Why do I listen to that guy? Or, it's not good to put on a show in the house of God, which, believe me, I struggle with from time to time. I do. I don't want this to be a show. But man, if this can help you to remember, 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 remember what? Man, we don't, get, we, don't, we don't get to pass by somebody based on how they look, how they smell. I smell good, by the way. I don't, I don't smell like I look. I, I did shower. <laughs> this is makeup. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but do you understand what I'm saying to you? Okay? We don't get, we don't have, we, listen, we're neighbors. We're neighbors. We don't get to make a decision on who it is that we want to be a neighbor to. Why? We are fellow human beings. And it doesn't matter whether I'm here, South Carolina, Timbuktu, it doesn't matter where I am. I am a fellow human being with someone else, whoever occupies planet Earth. Come on now. And so God is the one has defined for me how I am to act and treat that person. Nobody else. Nobody else. It's time that my brothers and sisters, we in the body of Christ, stop listening to everybody else. Stop worrying about what they think about us. If we're not black enough or we're too white or whatever the case may be, I don't even care anymore. And I'm not, and you know what? I don't even care that I said that. Some people care that I said that. I don't even care that I said that. I'm not black enough. What? Are you kidding me? I hear that all the time. Or, you know, just for the sake of you being having light skin, even though it's darker than hers, just because you have light skin, you don't even realize how racist you are. 
What? Don't talk nonsense and garbage. Don't talk lies to me because I'm going to tell you right now, the one who has created everything, the one who created all of these colors, the one who created all of these geographical locations, the one who will not let anybody be in charge unless he lets it happen, that one is the one who told me how I'm supposed to feel about you, how I'm supposed to act around you, and what I'm supposed to be like and what I'm supposed to do. He even took a body himself and showed me what it looks like. Hallelujah. Well... Then he said, just so now watch. Jesus says, look, do that. Do what? You know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love God with everything you've got, but love your neighbor with, as you love yourself. Now look, here's, the, here's part, another part of the problem. I've already given you a couple points. I'm not going to call them out to you. hope you're taking notes. Here's another part of the problem. A lot of us are trying to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, but we forgot the first part. Oh, I expected it to be quiet there. I expected it. Love God with everything you are. Everything. See, we'll love God this much. No, love God with everything you are. Everything you are. Well, I do love God, Tony. Do you? Hallelujah. I'm not your judge. I'm not your judge. Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Let's just examine ourselves, not each other, ourselves. Okay? During this pandemic, during this quarantine, how much extra reading have you done and how much extra TV have you done? How much extra eating of the snacks or eating of the Word? Come on. How much time do you spend considering your job, your work, everything that you do versus considering God, meditating on the Lord? How much time are you uh, putting into that next pay raise, that next car, that next house, that next whatever? Fill in the blank. How much time and attention are you giving that versus God? See, now look, I'm not trying to point fingers at anybody here, but just let's, let's just remember the premise. Let's just remember, you know what, Jesus said, you know, do those things and you'll, and, and you'll inherit. That you do that, you, you got it. But I can't do that. I can't love my neighbor as I love myself. I can do good deeds and I can try to impress people. I can certainly try my best to impress God by giving that extra money, by seeing the hobo looking Tony and maybe going up to him. If I don't have any money, I can at least slap my arms around and say, yeah, what happened? Where, where's Michelle? What happened? Did she finally dump you? What happened? I, you, are you hearing my heart now? Yeah. See, I can do that, but is it from the heart? See, because I can fake it on the outside. I can do stuff on the outside and certainly do it around certain people. Because I'm sick and tired of that, by the way. Don't put on a show in front of me. Half the time, God is telling me you're putting on a show anyway. And I'm polite and I won't move on that until He tells me to move on it. Some of you guys do things and you think that I don't know it. It's not my job to point it out to you that I know it until God tells me that I know it. But I'm telling you, I know it. Now, so why am I saying that? Because I'm a big deal. No, I'm no big deal. The point that I'm trying to make is, yeah, you can think that you're fooling people, but you're not going to fool God. 
So now if God finally gets sick and tired of it and one day He wants you to change, He might tell me, tell this person what you know. And then I will. And then it's still going to be up to you. What do you want to do with that information? Now you know that God knows. And in your heart you already know that He does. See, so we can, we can go ahead and we can make believe that we love this one, we love that one, and we're going to do our good deeds, we're going to pay our tithes, we're going to give extra money to the church this month because Restored Hope and, Matt, and, and Miss Michelle, Pastor Michelle talked about it, and so I'm going to go and do that. And you should, and it's good. If God is moving on you to do it, fantastic. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And if you do it, and you do it not really with the expectation except that I want to bless somebody, then your heart is right. But if you're doing it, you're saying, yeah, I'm going to do this, and see, God's going to see just how neighborly I am. I'm going to do this, and God is going to bless me back, because I heard that other pastor on the TV say, yeah, sow this seed, and you're going to get this, and it's going to come back to you, and blah, 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 and this and that, and hallelujah, praise the Lord, because that's what serving God is all about. How much money we can make, how wealthy we can become, because it's all good, it's all great. It's all... Please. He says very plainly, all this is going away. All this is going to burn. So why do we spend so much time wasting time about it? Hallelujah. Man, i got so many notes here. I don't know where to go. Lord, help me. Can we start small? Can we start small? Look, we, we covered a few things. We have to love God with everything that we are in order to be able to love our neighbor, to able to, for us to be neighborly. Let's say it that way. We'll say it the way Jesus said it, right? We have to go ahead and love God with everything we are in order for us to be neighborly. It's, it's, it's our heart. It's what's in us that God has demonstrated, what, God, what Jesus is teaching here. What's in us? Okay, so we already know that, right? But so can we start small? See, remember last week, the message was, you know, the body of Christ. We're one. We're one body. There's not different groups within the body. There, there, there's different parts, but we're all one. We can't let the world separate us by color, by race, by ethnicity, language. We, we're all one. We're all one. We're all so. And remember, there's only two bodies: Jesus and the other. So, whose body are you part of? So, so let's, let's focus in on that for a moment. I'm not going to preach that message again, but think about that for a minute. Let's start small. I want to love everybody. Jesus loved everybody. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, for God so loved the world, that whosoever. Jesus loves everybody. So he's the one that I'm walking after. So I, I need to love everybody. Everybody, remember, he's already covered it. Anybody who's occupying planet Earth, anybody who is a fellow human being is my neighbor. So now I need to go ahead and say, all right, I need to do that. But before I can do that, how about I just start loving my brother? How about I start there? Because I'll tell you, I think that the church has missed a golden opportunity. And I think it's showing, right now what's showing in the culture, on the streets, and is the failure of the church. Because again, I'm, I know I'm repeating myself, but I just can't help it. We've lived separately. We've worshipped separately. We've made it okay. It's not okay. People with reverend in front of their names have, have made a living off of racism or perceived racism. 
that, that shouldn't be. My brothers and sisters, this is about bringing the body together, not trying to divide. I'll tell you, I was so frustrated the other night. I mean, it's just in the wee hours, I couldn't sleep. So I turn on Christian TV, and there's this prominent leader who starts, he's starting to speak. He's, it's not a, he's not from the pulpit, but he's talking about the problems and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Uh, he, say, he said the right thing about as far as the church leading and being the example. But... He's saying it, and his presentation was still dividing, because he's he's saying it from the from the where I, I right away I got to put myself on the defensive as someone who's not black, and then he's saying that anybody who acts a certain way because you've been, that it's you know that's understandable. No, it's not. The body of Christ can't be that way. Again, we cannot go ahead and let them define how we act, what we do, who we are. Therefore, I cannot as a shepherd and under shepherd to Jesus, I can't come in here and say the church is going to we should be leading the way, but then tell you that, you know, you need to be defensive about this, you need to be sorrowful about that. You need No, you know what? Jesus died for all of us. Jesus loves all of us. We are all one. We are all equal in Christ. There's no such thing as male, female. There's no such thing as black, white, yellow. There's no, we all are one blood. We all are one body. One. Period. That's it. So now, it's not going to do me any, or the body, it's not going to do me any good to continue to point out the differences or try to explain to you the differences because, you know what? There is no difference. Just because people have made there to be differences, that doesn't mean that God made there to be differences. We're one. And as a matter of fact, Jesus again said there's only two ways that you can go, with me or against me. So that's it. So if you really want to know, that's the division. But if you're a Christian, that's the only division that you know. And here's the other thing. Those people who are not part of His body yet, it's you and I who have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Read Corinthians. My brothers and sisters, listen. Jesus was here to reconcile us back to God. And then He gave us the, the ministry of reconciliation so that we, in our reconciliation back to God, we can also be reconciling the rest of the world to God. So how am I even going to look at people outside the church and be able to do what God has called me to do and say, they're different, I need to stay away, I don't want to get dirty. Man, it's time we got dirty. We are called. And we can't see differences anywhere in anything and, and still fulfill that thing that we were called to, the mission that we've been called to. My brothers and sisters, we've been called. Love. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. I'm going to read it again. 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I've become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. I'm just making noise. Though I, I, mean, I could claim to be this spiritual guy. I, mean, I could speak prophecies. He's going he's to say that in a second. I could do all of this stuff. But if I don't have love, I'm just making noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Do you see what he just said? Listen, I can have divine utterances. I can understand that Bible backward, forward. Be able to tell you what everything means. I could recite. I know people. I know. I know a guy who knows so many scriptures. I, it's amazing to me. Hey, uh, what is it? Where it says this? Where's it say? He could tell you. Hey, I heard. I read this. this where, where's it say this? He could tell you. 
But my brothers and sisters, if, if I can recite the Bible like that, but I don't have love, means nothing. Absolutely nothing. But so I could say that I have faith to move mountains, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. It means nothing. So we, we hear and we talk about love all the time. And I told you last week, sometimes you know, love is hard. Love is difficult. Love isn't a warm and fuzzy feeling. You know that. Love is not just a warm and fuzzy feeling. Love isn't, it's not always convenient. In fact, most of the time it's not convenient. Love is action. Love is, I'm going to do something. Love is, I'm pouring into you. Love is, it doesn't matter what you feel about me. It doesn't matter what you think about me. It doesn't matter what I'm going to get from you. It doesn't matter. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to this. And that, listen, love takes action. Love doesn't sit around and say, oh, you know what? Oh, it's a shame that you're going through that. I love you. I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, pray for me. Absolutely pray for me. If you saw me like this, I hope you're praying for me. But if you love me, maybe you're going to take the time to come up to me and find out what is going on. Tony, what's going on, man? And you smell alcohol on my breath. Are you going to then walk away and say, well, forget him. He's turned to the bottle now. That's not what love would do. How about this? And I've done this in church before. I'm going to tell you guys something. Those of you who smoke dope, don't think that I don't smell it when you hug me. I'm just saying to you. Alright? I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to point fingers. I'm not trying to, you know, bring condemnation to you. I'm just telling you the truth. Now, just because I don't call you on it, that doesn't mean that I don't know it. And when God tells me to call you on it, I will call you on it. But my brothers and sisters, here's the thing. If you came up to me and I smelled like weed, or are you going to say, oh, the heck with that. He's gone off the deep end. Or will you love me? You see, because love is hard. Love is difficult. Now let me ask you this. If I went ahead and all of a sudden I hit the lottery, and I said, the heck with that preaching thing. I already got a full time, been working too hard. I'm too old to be doing... Man, I, I just need to take a break. Then me and Michelle, I bought her a big house. I had to twist her arm because she won't move from where she's at right now. I had to twist her arm and I'm going to get you this big house on a hill and we're going to live all that. Or are you going to say, see, I knew it wasn't real. I knew he was, was, was one of them. Or are you going to love me? See, the clothes are different today. The face is a little bit painted up today. But I have the same spirit. I have the same heart pumping that same blood through my veins. I'm the same one that you loved on. I'm the same one that you listened to. I'm the same one that some of you who aren't even here anymore say, man, Tony, you're my pastor. You know what? I'm the same one. So if I'm rich and have a lot of money, if I'm poor, don't have a lot, if I'm whatever condition I am, I'm Tony. Are, are you going to feel differently about me? See, love says you shouldn't. See, if you really love me, then it wouldn't matter. Is anybody hearing me? Because it's really quiet in here. I want to make sure that no one's sleeping. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up. Whose body are you part of? Remember? 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so is with Christ. For one spirit we were baptized into one body. Jews and Greeks, slaves are free. Different ethnicities, different languages, slaves are free. Listen, different socioeconomic stat- stature, all different economics, 
Come on now. Rich or poor. This language, that language, whatever nation, whatever ethnicity, it doesn't matter. We're one. We're one. See, that Jesus covers it. We were made to drink of one spear, for the body does not consist of one member, but many. Hallelujah. If someone, John, 1 John 4.20, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Remember that? So how in the world can I not love you and say I love God? And if I love you, then just remember everything that we've said up to this point. If I say that I love you, then it's going to show. It's not going to be according to how I dress, how I look, what I smell like. What my standard is. Are you, are you there? The last issue. This is the last issue. And I've kind of hit it on it a little bit already. But this will be it. In 1 John 2.15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he does the will of God abides forever. See, my brothers and sisters, don't let them who really is working on behalf of the enemy of your soul and mine, don't let them define to you what's important, what we should be going after. You've been denied this as a race or you've been denied this as a gender or you've been denied this. Now you've got to go after it. No, I've got to go after God. See, see again, quiet, the crickets. This, see, here's the problem, my brothers and sisters. People like me have not said this for 50 years or however long it's been now. And so now we find ourselves in the church in this situation. So I'm not going to be shy about it. We cannot let people tell us what we should be going after. We need to take this back or we need to do that or blah, blah, blah. No. God is the one who defines that. And nowhere in there does God say, you're going to get justice on this earth. You're going to get... No, you get justice in Him. He is the only one. If you demand... Listen, if you demand justice from a man and He gives it to you, your perceived justice, He is the man that can take it away from you. My brothers and sisters, we need to stop. We need to really look at this. Look at the Word. Look at what God is telling us. He's saying to us all of this stuff that is before you that is so very important that is steering your life, that's helping you to make decisions, some good, some not so good. All of these things are passing away. They're all going to burn. So my brother, here's what he says. Don't do that. The world is passing away, the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. What's the will of God? Let's sum it up twice. Love God with everything you got and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Amen? Amen. So now, let me just leave you with this little, and then we'll pray. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Remember, Pastor Tony is your neighbor. So if I said something that offended you, consult God. Consult God. Amen? So stand with me, please, and let's pray.